Welcome to the Monday, February 18th edition of SnoozeCast, where we take an in-depth look at the biggest stories of the week while bringing new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. I'm campus news editor Mila Murray. And I'm copy editor McKenna Ross. Last week's Love and Sex issue on Valentine's Day gave readers a chance to think about romance in new ways. Readers saw articles on dildo-related bills failing in student government, yes, you heard right, to possible red flags in your partner. Now we're giving our listeners a chance to think about love, life, and intersectionality. In today's episode, we'll talk about how one bisexual reporter opened up, the stereotypes that still persist in gay communities, and balancing a life of two different ethnic backgrounds. From Michigan State's independent student voice, this is SnoozeCast. For the Love and Sex edition, Capitol reporter SF McGlone opened up in a column about her insecurities with her identity as a bisexual woman. Thanks for coming in today, SF. Thanks so much for having me. What was it like to write this column about your identity in such a funny and candid way? Well, I've always sort of prided myself on being funny and or candid. Um, And one of the, I I think it really lends itself having, you know, a voice that's going to be friendly and is going to make jokes um, about sort of a serious topic of, you know, either biphobia, self-acceptance, etc., really helps people understand and maybe look look deeper at, you know, their their own insecurities surrounding their sexuality in a way that's less threatening. Um, but in general, uh, like, why did I write this column? Because bi folks are ignored. They're told they don't exist. I've been told that I don't exist. Uh, something when I came out to a relative that they said to me was, are you sure you're not just a lesbian? And I was like, I'm, I'm actually positive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Um, and as someone who's, I'm, I'm very comfortable and very proud uh, of my sexuality. I've been out to friends for a long time. I've been out to my immediate family for a, for, for a while, for most of them. Um, I just, I wanted to have this open, honest, and m- most in particular, uh, frank conversation about what it means to be bi um, and how to think about it. Yeah. And while writing this piece, you spoke with some of your bisexual friends and got their perspectives on the challenges that they face. Can you elaborate on some of the common struggles that um, people like you deal with? Yeah, of course. So what it mostly boils down to is that people don't understand bisexuality because it's you're not one way or another. Of course, being bi is one thing, but it's generally not understood that way. So a lot of the issues that we face are being the butt of jokes about experimentation, um, about just we're overly sexualized. That also goes back into the experimentation thing. Um, and uh, also, most of us, more than almost any other part of the gay community, uh, don't come out. About 40% of us don't come out. Um, and we're often delegitimized, sometimes because so many of us don't come out, but also, uh, like I said, because we're attracted to multiple genders, and that is confusing for a lot of people, um, and they don't really accept that. Right. And if you could talk to someone who is struggling to embrace their bisexuality, what would you tell them? Basically what I said in my column, um, which is that you exist and you're allowed to be in queer spaces, you're allowed to have questions, and you should, people should be answering those in a respectful way. Um, I got a lot of feedback, actually, after I wrote it, which made me re- very, very happy. Um, 
some people that I knew but didn't know were bi talked to me about it. Um, and just responses from people who were like, oh, this kind of answered some questions. This validated the way that I was feeling. Um, and that was that was very important to me. But, you know, most of all, what what I would tell them, like how to embrace their bisexuality, as you said, is to just accept yourself first and then everything else will kind of come in line after that. Thanks for coming in today, SF. Thank you. stigma and stereotypes in the LGBTQ community was the centerpiece of our sex and love issue. Campus General Assignment reporter Ray Garcia was behind one of these stories and looked into what issues plagued the gay community worldwide and at Michigan State. Hi, Ray. Hi. Why did you seek out this story? I wanted to investigate patterns that I've noticed in the gay community, specifically in terms of over-sexualization, which is a pretty prevalent stereotype that people associate with gay men. The story sort of evolved to encompass racism, body shaming, and biphobia, which were issues I figured would come into play. And was it difficult to find people willing to tell their story? Initially, yes. I reached out to one person, and he was hesitant to talk to me at first, but he put me in contact with some friends, which sort of moved the story along. However, some of these experiences can be traumatic for people. They can be painful to recollect on, so I tried to be delicate with how I framed questions. However, I think I got to the root of some of the big issues. And what are some related stories you'd like to look into next? Well, in no way was I able to cover all identities with this one story. Um, There are a lot of different stereotypes that impact the gay community. Um, I think I covered some important issues, uh, but I would like to dig a bit deeper. I would like to do some follow-up stories that cover different issues gay men deal with, specifically looking at other intersectional identities. The gay community encompasses a lot of people, transgender men, disabled and differently abled men and men of other races. There are a lot of stories out there and I'm sure a lot of people who want to talk about their experiences. Thanks for joining us today, Ray. Last week, City Features reporter Edwin Jaramillo documented his struggle navigating the intersections of his identity. He described his experience as a first-generation Mexican-American college student in a column. Edwin is joining us today. Welcome, Edwin. Thanks for having me. So what compelled you to write this column? So I wrote the column sort of to echo an unheard collective voice on MSU's campus. Uh, I wrote the column to make people aware of what a Latinx student on MSU's campus goes through and feels. Um, Although my experience doesn't equate with every single individual because everyone's experience is different, um, I felt the need to put awareness on an issue that wouldn't be considered overall on MSU's campus. Uh, People, especially within this political climate, have preconceived um, notions and they have assumptions about the Latinx community. In writing the column, I wanted to debunk those issues. And I also wanted to let people know that marginalized communities are here at Michigan State University and that we have stories as well. You mentioned struggling to fit in in both regular MSU culture and in crew, um, the Latin American student organization. Um, what happened and how do you feel like that? Yeah, so um, crew, as it stands for Culturas de las Razas Unidas, not to be mistaken with Christian crew, obviously. <laughs> um, so when I um, attended my first general body meeting, which they do have every Tuesday, 
um, I saw, in a sense, like divisions or groups that I didn't identify with. Um, for example, there's CAMP, which is the College Assistant Migrant Program. There's Greek life within that community as well, um, which at the time I didn't identify with. I was like, what is Greek life? But um, <laughs> all these people um, who um, are Latinx, like I couldn't correlate my experience with. Um, in a sense, I felt too American and found myself at odds. And I asked myself, like, when I was in that environment, like, am I too American for the Latinx population here at MSU? Um, so I felt out of place. And at one point, like, I felt like my voice within the Latinx community didn't equate with those of Latinx students at MSU. And I saw that. And I guess, like, I decided to get involved within crew itself and also the Greek community as well. And I just wanted to make sure that no one would ever feel that way within the community overall, making sure that those people who don't feel that way, because most people won't speak up overall, they'll just go with the flow and let these things like fly by. And I just wanted to make sure that people overall within crew don't feel like there's just a one-centric way of approaching crew. There's different plethoras and different communities within crew as well. And there's definitely room for improvement and all that stuff. But I just wanted to make sure that everyone felt like they belonged within the community. Even after dealing with and continuing to deal with the problems you face, you conclude your column with an appreciation of different perspective. What is it about the, that understanding that keeps you moving forward? Yeah, so I think it's powerful um, to be or to even have a bicultural background. Um, currently, as a journalism student here at um, MSU, um, I noticed that I don't see myself or those who I um, look like me or identify like with what I identify portrayed within mainstream media. Um, I'm living and experiencing stories that I don't see represented. And in a sense, since I do have the platform, I have I, I feel like I have a moral obligation to bring to light to issues that wouldn't be considered in general. Um, initially, I was really scared about putting the column out there just because I was scared to receive backlash within the community or not even backlash within the community I identify with, but backlash from um, my um, colleagues at MSU just overall like, oh, this is how you feel or this is what's going on. I, I was just shocked and scared overall. But in the back of my head, I felt as though I needed to put that story out there. Um, because at the end of the day, if I don't share my experience and I don't write the story, someone else will. And it might not be in a favorable way either. Um, I also realized that being like a Mexican-American journalist, um, I have a different view. And although at times they do feel out of place within the field, I have to make sure that people understand and value our stories so that people don't make assumptions and they don't have those preconceived notions. Because I feel like at the end of the day, um, current issues right now come from miscommunication and misunderstanding. And part of that comes into play because these issues aren't really covered on overall. Thanks for coming in today. A look at campus news. At its monthly meeting February 15th, the MSU Board of Trustees unanimously voted to establish a Department of African American and African Studies. The university currently has a program hosted in the College of Arts and Letters, and with the board's approval, that program will transition into an actual department. This means that the program's current offerings of a doctoral program and an undergraduate minor will soon have a full-time faculty. 
the department also may develop an undergraduate major. Thanks for listening to Snoozecast, where the state news takes an in-depth look into the biggest stories of the week while bringing new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. You can find us on Twitter at TSNCast and at BS News, on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash state news, and always online at statenews.com. Don't forget to pick up the special edition of the state news on love and sex on the stands until February 21st. I'm copy editor McKenna Ross. And I'm campus news editor Mila Murray. Listen next week for more insight into our biggest stories.